it is Adam, and we had the incredible opportunity to talk to Kat Von D over Zoom video. Obviously, Kat Von D, a huge name in the tattoo world and makeup industry as well, but she is way into music, always has been. Classically trained. Not a lot of people know that she is a classically trained pianist. She started playing piano at age six and would learn classic piano pieces for a couple hours each day growing up. Obviously, tattooing kind of overtook the music career, so to speak, because around 14 years old is when she started tattooing. So we talk about that a little bit, but mainly about her musical journey and this record she has coming out. She started the record almost a decade ago. So she talks about writing songs with Linda Perry, having Dave Grohl on drums on some of the songs in the record, and how when COVID hit, it really pivoted the album quite a bit. It was mixed, mastered, and done, but they remixed the record during COVID. She added her live band, cemented her live band, and they remixed the record. So they're going to put out the version with their lineup currently. And then she talks about maybe releasing the Grohl songs later down the line. But her new record is called Love Made Me Do It. And the artwork for the record, obviously, is is beautiful. The vinyl is red. It's super dope. So check that out. And check out our interview with Kat Von D on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. The video version is there. And we'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Kat Von D. My name is Adam, and this podcast is all about you. And we're going to talk about your journey in music, if that's cool. I love it. I love it. And I want to say happy birthday because I did read that it was uh, your, what, 14 years? You just Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sober anniversary. Yep. <laughs> so cool. Congratulations. I just got four years uh, last month. And last Amazing. Month. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's so cool. I just wanted to congratulate you. When I was doing research. I knew you were sober, but then I heard you say in an interview that it was on July 7th. I was like, oh, that yeah. just passed. So happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <That's> amazing. <laughs> so cool. Um, yeah. So first off, why don't you tell me where you're born and raised? Um, well, I was born in um, a really small town in Mexico mm-hmm. called um, Monte Morelos. It's it's in the state of Nuevo León, uh, about seven hours south of Texas or so. Yeah, that's and, east, right? Yeah, southeast yeah. Texas, or southeast Mexico? Yeah. And so, um, so, yeah, I was born there and we moved to America in, the, in like the late 80s when I was about five or six years old. And I lived in Southern California, you know, for most of my life. Okay. So, I'm, yeah, I'm from Southern California as well. I'm from San Diego, but now oh, yeah, my, cool. my family moved to, to Nashville. So, oh, nice. But nice. in the midst of this pandemic, but um, yeah. SoCal kid. Uh, yeah. Inland Empire, that's where you were born and raised? Or raised? Yeah, that, that's, yeah we, we first moved to the Inland Empire, uh, which is about, you know, an hour and a half, two hours east of LA. And um, at the time it was like not developed at all. It was just like tumbleweeds and there was like no Starbucks or anything like that. Now I think they got like, <laughs> they got like a, an actual freeway going through there. So there's, wow. you know, more going on, but, um, but you know, I, I, I moved out to LA when I was about 16 or so, uh, or 17. Um, and yeah, so just, I guess I consider myself a SoCal girl too, you know, I spent sure. most of my time here. That's cool. When did you get into music? Um, well, it's funny because I think a lot of people know me from tattooing or, or makeup and stuff like that, but yeah. not everyone knows that like music has always been like my first and foremost biggest passion. I, I, I was actually playing classical music at the age of five years old. I, I was like classically trained by my grandmother, who's a pianist. And wow. so I was brought up on, you know, um, 
you know, the classics, Beethoven, Mozart, Chopin, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, I love it. I still play the piano every single day and I still love classical music. Um, and I think that's why when I got, when I discovered like metal, I really responded to it because, you know, the, the, the musical structure is so similar, you know, I was like, Oh, like I would hear these riffs and I'm like, Oh, that's like a scale, you know, like that's, sure. that's so amazing. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I really, I guess just like fell deep into that world. And then, and then, you know, you kind of graduate and grow up into discovering other music. And when I discovered like post-punk stuff, like, you know, Depeche Mode, The Cure, mm -hmm. Susie and the Banshees, that kind of thing. That's like really where um, I feel like my heart lived because it combined everything. You know, it was like the, the technical aspect of music was there, but also um, the, like lyrically, like the poetry behind it was something that resonated with me. And, you know, I'm like a sucker for like, love songs and so sure. <laughs> <laughs> going back real quick to the piano was that something yeah. that you were drawn to or was it oh like no grandma I mean, said hey you should you need to learn piano <laughs> no it, it, it was my parents really but you know oh, okay we come from a pretty musical family like everybody in our family plays at least two instruments and wow um and you know we didn't we didn't come from money at all so i think we just had like a ghetto ass piano that my dad found somewhere but um that, but it was really my parents who were the disciplinaries behind it, you know, like while everybody else was outside playing and going to slumber parties, we had to practice two hours a day every day with like a literal timer. And I remember oh, wow. in the beginning, I used to like cry my way through my lessons, you know, just like, I don't want to do this. My mom would say like, your lesson, this doesn't start until like the timer doesn't start until you start. And, um, but then, you know, that you have those breakthroughs, you know, like we didn't have like TV or like music, like, um, I mean, like like video games and stuff. Uh -huh. So to, I remember there was a song, it's like Sonata in G major. It's like not one of Beethoven's greatest hits or anything, <laughs> but it's like a 12 page Sonata. And I remember wow. finally figuring it out and being able to play it through um, without fucking up. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is what like, you know, defeating King Koopa feels like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. it was like, it was like the video games. And that's really, truly when I started really falling in love with music is when I actually could play it. And so I, I'm really grateful to my parents that they made me, um, you know, practice and they were very uh, strict about it because I think that discipline is like what makes me able to produce so many things in my life. You know, I like, I'm all about like, start, like finish what you start. Sure. Whereas I think most people that I know, at least, are kind of like, eh, like give up, right? <laughs> I'll of let course. somebody else do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, and it's funny because my siblings, they were, you know, they were along for the same ride. They were, uh, I have a brother and a sister, and mm -hmm. they both were on the same schedule, but it, they just didn't really respond to it like I did. They just kind of, they don't play music anymore or anything like that. Okay. And um, and for me, it's like I've just never stopped playing it. I, I play a little bit of guitar, but I would never call myself a guitar player. <laughs> okay, was yeah. was piano something you continued to do? I mean, I know you, I did read that yeah. you got into tattooing very very early, right? I yeah. mean, like sixteen, you were tattooing. Fourteen, actually, I started. Oh, 14. 14. Wow! And then I got into my first tattoo shop, like professionally tattooing, when I was sixteen. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's yeah, crazy. And I, I mean, that was. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about that at all. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm curious to to know, like. So how do you so, even you know, get involved? Like, how do you cut into that at that yeah, early of an well, age? Yeah, I think um, what, you know, I was hanging out with the wrong crowd and- um, <laughs> Of course. And, uh, you know, we were just like a bunch of little punk rock kids. And um, one of our friends, his name was Oliver. He, uh, he, we would always paint on our leather jackets and stuff. And I would, mm -hmm. you know, doing like Misfits logos or whatever. And sure. um, 
And he was just like, man, you draw really well. Cause I've been drawing all my life. And he had like a homemade tattoo machine made out of like a guitar string, like strapped up to like a nine volt battery. It was like really totally crappy. And, uh, oh my God. and he said, Hey, I, I want you to tattoo me. And I was like, okay. And I think ignorance is bliss. You know, it's not like I had um, a standard or a bar that I was like comparing myself to. I was just ignorantly tattooing. And, um, and so I remember like the first line that I tattooed and it just, I was like, Oh, this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. Like I already knew it back then. And oh, wow. it looked terrible. It's funny because when I wrote my first book, I actually hunted down this guy to get a picture of it to like my first tattoo ever. And it was so like the skill and like the technique and the equipment wasn't there, but the art was there. Uh-huh. And um, so, yeah, so I, I basically like all my underage friends, you know, they didn't really care. They wanted to get tattoos. So I had like a plethora of friends that let me practice on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it wasn't until I was 16 that I, I, tr- I applied at a tattoo shop and there wasn't that many tattoo shops around at the time. Um, this is like before TV shows and all that stuff. So right. Of course. Very popular. And, um, you know, most tattoo shops were like located in bad parts of town. And this one was definitely in like the worst part of town in San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. And, um, I went in there with like my portfolio of like crappy Polaroids and of crappy tattoos. And then I also, <laughs> but I also brought my sketchbooks and, I remember Dave, the, the owner, he was this biker guy. He looked at, he like flipped through the Polaroids of tattoos and he was like, yeah, this is garbage. But then he looked at like my drawings and he goes, okay, there's some promise here, you know? And so he, he kind of took me under his wing. I didn't go through a traditional apprenticeship like most tattooers do. Um, I basically just had to unlearn a lot of the things that I was doing ignorantly. And, the, uh, and then, you know, he took me through the cross-contamination courses and all that stuff. And um, <laughs> <laughs> He is from San Diego too. I um, know. Yeah. And he's an amazing band called Prayers. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Bro. I appreciate yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah, good to see you, man. <laughs> Have a wonderful interview and wonderful day. Oh, you <laughs> too. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So uh, I, I kind of had to unlearn everything. And um, and it's pretty cool. You know, I'm, I always look back at the timeline of my life and career, and I'm always so grateful because I was put in these really super rough situations that were I, you know, I would never want a child to be in, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it really shaped um, my style and aesthetic and um, influences. So, I, you know, having like been working in a super ghetto part of town, I was doing a lot of like fine line, black and gray, a lot of old English, mm-hmm. um, you know, people were getting portraits, but I wasn't ready to do that at the time. Uh, a lot of lettering and just like a lot of the gangster shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and that's really like what I love the most, you know, I'll be the first to say i suck at color tattoos i don't do japanese style tattooing like i i know my limits you know right Um, but also like single needle tattooing is like some of the most difficult tattooing that was something that i basically started with and so i think i kind of got a leg up in in the portrait world and the portrait the world of realism because of my upbringing so i'm super grateful for that um and you know I, i i after that i basically just um well, I should go back to saying that, like, it was completely illegal. Like, I should not have been. I, 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 was, I was assuming that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know, Since obviously. you already been legal, able, I mean, legally able to. Yeah, I didn't have a license, tattoo. nothing. It was like a feral cat just tattooing people. But it was probably a situation where not a lot of people went in and messed with you guys. I would assume. No, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. I mean, there was it was crazy because. There was three shops within that area. And, you know, there was like ground rules that were unspoken, but acknowledged, you know, you didn't open up a shop, a certain like mile radius to another shop. And 
um, without getting your shop burned down. I mean, it was like very oh, barbaric, okay. you know, sure. like, it's not what it, now it's a bunch of hipsters and they're just like, you right. know, they're good at Photoshop or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Back then it was like, you really had to love what you're doing because, you know, people weren't getting rich, you know, they did it cause that's, it was a lifestyle and, mm-hmm. um, and that they dedicated themselves to. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, man, it was really cool. I, I always think very fondly of those memories. Uh, they were super rough. I, I was in situations that, you know, being around guns and, um, oh, sure. people, cause there was like a, a prison right around the corner. So we were always dealing with like tons of riffraff drugs and all that. And I somehow managed to escape, you know, <laughs> without a scratch. Get so, out of there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, once I graduated from that world, you know, I moved to LA around 17 mm-hmm. and, um, and started, you know, get, getting jobs. And I feel like I averaged about a year at every shop as I kind of outgrew them. Um, I, I never wanted to be like a big fish in little pond. Like I always want to surround myself with people that are better than me, you know, that I can like aspire to be like, even now, like at my tattoo shop now, like my guys tattoo circles around me, like they do different styles that I don't do. Mm-hmm. And together we're, you know, we're a great team, but, um, you know, I think that's important. Usually I feel like a tattoo shop always has like the one guy that's good or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> kind of have, a, you have an all-star team yeah. and if you want a Japanese style, you won't, yeah. you know, we would hire the person that exactly. is great at that or, or whatever. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of, that's kind of the gist of it. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, were you playing piano at all during this time? Yeah. Th- throughout the whole time, somehow I just managed to be able to land places that had a piano. Um, my first roommate in LA had a piano. She was a piano player as well. So um, I could play a lot there, you know, on a daily mm-hmm. basis. And then, and then, you know, when I started, I, I quickly started getting booked up. Like once I realized, once I figured out how to do portraits, like I said, at the time there wasn't that many people doing it. And uh, so it was, you know, I, I just remember at one point I was booked out, you know, six months and then a year, and then it was two years. And I was like, Oh my God, I, won't be able to ever get sick, you know? And, sure. um, and so, and so then I started, you know, making money. And, um, so I could afford to buy a piano, like a small piano at whatever apartment I was at. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and I've always, to be honest, I've never had a fancy piano. I still don't. I have like, I, I have a piano collection of like weird, obscure Victorian pianos. Oh, cool. But, yeah. But, um, some pretty cool rare ones too, but, um, but I don't have like a Steinway or anything like that. Sure, sure. I, there's oh, something to be said about the old, like, you know, just the grit to like oh, the sound yeah. of some of those. I love yeah, that. You can, you can hear the dust, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, um, I love that too. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I still play piano. And I think too, like when I started writing music, obviously I wrote everything, uh, most everything on piano, except with the exception of two songs I wrote on guitar and then translated to piano and I make sheet music for all my music still. Like it's wow. like, a kind of, it's a bit of a crutch to me, you know, like um, most of my musician friends don't read music. They're not was, possibly okay. trained. So they, I feel like they have an advantage to a certain degree because they're just playing by feeling. Whereas for me, I'm like, I have a bad habit of, you know, depending on structure, you know, like mm-hmm. I want to depend on it. So, um, but, you know, and then when I discovered synthesizers, it was like, oh my God, it was like, you know, taking piano to like, uh, you know, on another steroids. level. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so exciting. So, so yeah, I, I think that's kind of where I'm at now. When did you start writing songs? Is that recent? And I know you started this record, what, in like 2011 or something? Yeah. It was like, like 10 years ago or something. So basically yeah. I was like, I was in this relationship with a, a guy who was also in a band who, um, you know, lived overseas 
and uh he was in a band and he he had we just had this like weird unrequited love situation and like mm-hmm. And he ended up writing an album for me and delivered it to my house, like had it mailed to my house with like a note on it that said, these are all the songs that are, um, oh no, these are all the things that are easier sung than said. And mm-hmm. I sat down and I listened to the album and I was just like so moved by it. And I said like, man, like what better way to respond than with an album? So, you know, I think like pretty much like the only singing experience that I had at the time was like, you know, when I was like in church choir, when I was like, you know, eight years old or something. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, so I wasn't a singer by any means. And like, and so I was like, I got to learn how to sing. So I, I, I found my voice, my voice coach and, um, I trained with him for two years, six days a week. Wow. And yeah. And during that, you're time, like all in when you, when you go, yeah. when it comes to something, I love that. I love that about you. You got to like, do it yeah, right. Piano, <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to, yeah, I have to do this, but I'm yeah. doing two hours a day. Now I'm going to go yeah. six days a week. And yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's no real, I don't believe in like, um, innate natural talent. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's, I think there's like innate creativity for like based on your life experiences and things like that. I mean, there's like some kids that are more artistic than others, or they see the world a different way, but as far as like tech technically, uh, mastering something, it's, it all, it's nobody's born with it. You know, like Glenn Gould wasn't born playing the piano. He just started playing when he was three years old and didn't stop, you know, and that's right. why he's genius at it. But, um, so I think, um, you know, and that should be inspiring to people. It basically means you could do it too. You just have yeah, to like, anyone could do it. yeah, you just have to like sacrifice, you know, while everybody else is having a good time, I'm like doing something else that like, you know, is, um, you know, I'd sacrifice a lot of relationships and, you know, fun, fun opportunities to sure. when I was working, yeah. but um, all worth it, of course. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and yeah, I, I may have gone on a tangent and lost I love track. the tangent. It's all okay, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah. you started oh, yeah, taking so vocal lessons. Yeah, yeah, you got the vocal lessons. Yeah, and then during that time, I was already starting to write. So, uh, you know, I always say, like, I think living in L.A., it, like, it's, it's, there's things I hate about it, you know, and there's mm-hmm. things I love about it. But the thing I love the most is that there's just a plethora of creativity, you know, I like, sure. Like I'm a, I'm like the biggest fan of all my friends. Like, and I think that's usually how we end up meeting, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just ha- was fortunate enough to have a lot of really creative, talented friends that I looked up to. And so when I told them I was starting to do an album, they were just like, oh, we want in on it, you know? So at the time, like Danny Loner from Nine Inch Nails was my neighbor. And so we were hanging out all the time and listening to, we, we love the same music. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we started writing together and then, um, and then I was hanging out with Linda Perry. And so she was really keen on working on music to it. We ended up writing like 22 songs together. And um, really? Yeah. Which and she's like know, a legend, obviously. Yeah, she's, I know. she's so talented and amazing. Um, so I think 22 like two songs, how long was that? Like a, over, well, we were what, writing a month, for years. I feel oh, like. years. Okay. I <laughs> know. <laughs> so, actually, no, I think, I think with, with Linda, it's just like, it's such a constant flow. You know, we were writing like almost a song a day at times, but um um, and I had a lot of things to write about, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, there was a lot of, I mean, it, it sounds as cliche as it sounds like just a lot of pent up, like feelings to process and music was a perfect way to do that. So, uh, and then I was like tattooing Dave Grohl and he was like, oh, I want to play some live drums on, you know, some tracks. Oh, I'm like, wow. cool. So we just That's went over so to the cool. studio. Yeah. And just track some drums. And, and so I think that, that, um, it was just exciting to see all my friends come together and support me. I think they, they, they all know my musical background. So they were excited to, to make this real. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think life gets in the way of life. You know, at the time I was filming a TV show and then I went on like two or three book tours. 
Um, then I launched a makeup line and it was yeah. like, you're busy. Was, <laughs> yeah. And everything just kept interrupting the one thing I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And ever, and most of it was like contractually bound. So I was like, okay, once I finish this, then I can do it. And it just kept happening. So, um, you know, last or over a year ago, I sold my makeup line and I was like, finally, this is the time I'm like, I'm overdoing the makeup thing. And now I can have time to tour and, and really focus. And then obviously the lockdowns happen. So, oh my gosh, so, yeah. so we just, you know, it's, it, we just took advantage of the downtime and my bandmate like when the first happened, just um, moved them into, we have like a little like bungalow house in the back and they brought their cats and their synthesizers. And we just like, you know, shacked up together for, you know, months. And just uh, at first we were uh, planning out like our stage show and writing like interludes and intros mm-hmm. and, we just really loved what we were creating. So we said, Hey man, we've got the time. Why don't we just remix the album just to match everything? And so we, as a band remixed the album, but I still am proud of like the original mixes that I, I, I recorded with Adam Noble in the UK. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, we plan on releasing those later down the road. Okay. So the original mix, were they different? They're the same songs, but same songs, they're... but like there's a little bit more guitar and um, you know, there's a, a few other cameos on that one that are not on this one. And um but yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, it's just a different flavor. <laughs> sure. Sure. I yeah. Love, yeah. That's, I love the songs that you've released so far from the record. Oh, thank and the, you. The two videos. And I know you have a new song coming out tomorrow as well, yeah. which is like what, one of two that uh, so we're, we're didn't release, write, right? Yeah. We're releasing four singles before the actual album comes out in August. So uh-huh. uh, tomorrow we release the third single and then we'll have one. Enough, more right. Yeah. Enough is the next yep. one. Okay. Yeah. I want to, I'm curious to know, are you keeping some of the, dr- uh, the girl drums or is that going to be something that's come later? That's going to come on the Adam Noble mixes. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so when was the whole record like kind of complete? Was it complete before COVID had happened? Yeah. I mean, I would say we, we, uh, when I flew out to, to the UK to, to, um, uh, get it produced with Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first I had met Adam because he had mixed some of my favorite placebo albums. And I loved like oh, I placebo, love placebo has like some synthesizers, but still has guitar. And, um, and I just was like, Oh, this is, would be the perfect fit, you know? And uh, so I'm, I can't remember the exact year that was maybe okay. five or six years ago or something. And um, so the, the album was technically done. And then it wasn't until, you know, I got my band together that we started remixing everything and um yeah i just i I feel like i'm such a huge fan of synthwave and i love like the nostalgic sounds of like analog synthesizers so it was like i really wanted to kind of like lean in more on that side Mm -hmm. um you know we we still kept some of the guitars like like there's a a few curish sounding guitars like on on this next single enough um that i still love you know like we love sisters of mercy and all that stuff so it's it's hard not to like sprinkle some of that in there but uh-huh. most of it is synthesizers now. Wow. Were you able to collaborate with your husband at all? Um, you know, I, I sang on my, my, my husband's last album and he uh-huh. wants me to sing on one song here, but these songs were written so long ago that like uh, we had already recorded vocals and all that stuff. So, but we're already <laughs> working on album number two now. So um, hopefully after we're done with touring, we can just dive right in and, um, mm-hmm. you know, go back on the road, I guess. Sure. Well, you so you had experience, obviously, in the studio prior to, to putting this record together because you had sang on, on other people's songs, correct? Yeah, I sang on all my friends' bands. I, yeah. like I sang on everybody's albums except my own. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. And, you know, I, I sang on, like, a few songs on the last IMX record. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how I met Sammy Doll, who's my one of my synth players. 
because we were touring together and um, like I went out and played a few shows with them. And um, and it was it was a good experience, I think. Like, I mean, I used it strategically. I said, hey, like this will be good to go. I, I've been on tour a million times with my friends bands, but like, you know, just to to really like soak up and research like what it is that I want to do with my own stage show and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and have fun while you're doing it too. So, um, so yeah, it was cool. I played her like a demo of exorcism at the time mm-hmm. and she loved it. And she was like, Hey, if you ever want a key player, let me know. And I'm like, cool. Wow. So, yeah. I love the videos too. The contortionist you have oh, in the video, like in the exorcism where she's like backwards, like walking <laughs> behind you. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. That was a nod to the exorcism movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Now, now it all makes yeah. sense. I didn't even put that together when yeah, I watched but, it. You know, we, we have, um, Bryn, Bryn Rout is our, our, uh, you know, fellow bandmate. We, we, she's, she is a bandmate. She doesn't play any instruments, although she is learning how to play the whip because on the exorcism track, we actually sampled a real sounding whip, like a real. Oh, sound like a, whip. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was like, you need to learn how to play the whip live. So, um, <laughs> But, you know, to me, it's like I love like the visual storytelling of like live performances that when you go see a band play and there's like effort put into the stage show and it's not just, you know, a guy in a cardigan like sitting like standing at a microphone, you know, like. And so Bryn brings a lot to the table when it comes to that, because, you know, we have like like I said, you know, we recorded interludes and and intros that are basically we, we wrote them with the intention of Bryn having her own moments on stage while we noodle around on instruments or go in the back and have outfit changes or whatever. So, okay, so um, you're, you're bringing the whole show. It's not yeah, just yeah. going to be Kat Von D singing and then no, the band. No, no. it's I a mean, whole theatrical. Yeah, yeah. And I'm working with Linda Strawberry and she's like an amazing, just artistic mastermind. Um, you know, she's like the creative director behind Smashing Pumpkins and a lot of wow. other bands and stuff. And um, and we have like a lot of the same tastes as far as like, you know, beautiful, but macabre. And mm. uh, and so this month we're filming all the vignettes that we'll be playing uh, for live visuals and um, set design and lighting and really have these like special moments throughout the night and being able to change them from like day, day to day, you know, I, that way, like, you know, it's not always the same show. Sure. Okay. Wow. That's so it's not going to be like, okay, we're going to plan this whole thing together in the, you know, and then we're going to just go on the road with the same box of, of a show. It's. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to slightly change, obviously like, um, you know, whenever we feel like it, you know, we have a few like cover songs that we want to slip in and out and, um, and yeah. Well, I, it should be fun. I can't wait. Awesome. I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear the rest of the record. I mean, the two yeah, songs cool. I've heard so far are awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. And then are there, you'll do a video I'm, I'm guessing for, for enough. Yes. Th- that video is going to be released. Ne- we've already filmed it. Um, it's going to be released next week, which I'm really excited about. This one is like, it's such an obscure video and it's unlike any other video we've done, but um, like I was kind of pushed out of, in, like out of my comfort zone because I'm like a huge fan of Franz Sazoni. He's like a, an amazing photographer. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, I had asked him, Hey, I know you don't typically do music videos, but like, you have such an amazing creative eye. Like, would you like to collaborate? And we, we he came up with, you know, he wrote the, the, the entire video directed it and did all the set design and art direction. And so there was like a lot of costuming and I'm like, Oh my God, like I haven't worn anything that isn't black in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like some wild outrageous costumes. And um, I think people are really going to love it. That's cool. That's cool. And you're doing a tour, right? For the, obviously for the record. Yeah. Um, and are, yeah. you're touring with, with prayers, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, we That's have a cool. son, we, we have a two year old together and, uh, uh-huh. and I, I'm just so excited about being able to take him on the road with us. And, That's cool. um, and yeah, and you know, and I'd love, I love my husband's band and I feel like they're kind of like the boyfriend to our band, you know, that they're they're It's like a much more masculine, uh, very <laughs> aggressive, you know, you know, prayers is just a lot more aggressive than what oh, we sure. are. So it's like best of both worlds. I feel like it'll be a great date night. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that you're t- yeah, family tour. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah. Have, yeah. Your husband, your, your son and you guys all together. And that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking to our friends from Cold Cave because that's what they do. You know, they have a kid together and they, they, they're able to take them on tour. And, um, you know, I can't imagine being that much like away from my family, for my husband and, and for mm-hmm. my son for that long. So it'll be fun. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. To get everybody together on one tour. That's cool. Yeah. And the record's coming out in August. I just yeah. pre-ordered the the autograph vinyl. I can't, Thirty bucks, and it's awesome. limited red. How cool! Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually yeah, very beautiful layout. Um, I think it's actually better in person. I'm gonna try. I have like one prototype here, and I want to try and do a video of it to kind of show um, the actual like gloss finish and everything. There's like these really beautiful like fold out pages and. Um, I, to me, I've always been such a sucker for, for vinyl. I still have my original record collection. My first record was like a plasmatics record that I still have. And, oh, cool. um, and I always was like, oh, I love reading all of the thank yous. Like, cause I feel like mm-hmm. you find clues to other bands. Find other, you know, yeah. Other names, yeah. producers and totally. Yeah. So, um, so I, I'm just like such a huge fan of that stuff. So hopefully uh, I think, I think my fans are, are intuitively like artistic and they respond to the same stuff too. So I think they'll like it. Yeah, that's cool. And I'm sure you are the art director for, for everything as far as yeah. that goes. Yeah, I like to <laughs> micromanage everything. <laughs> crazy. That's so cool. Well, uh, congratulations on the record. That's Thank awesome. You. And I can't wait to, awesome. to see the live show. And yeah, are you doing like a big full U.S. tour? Yeah, we're going to do U.S. tour. We so the album comes on August and then in September we have we're going to have um, like four warm up shows. San Diego is one of them. Uh, oh, L.A. Cool. L.A. SF and Arizona. And then after that, we start routing for the U.S. tour. And then we have routing for um, for Europe in May. So awesome. hopefully, you know, Canada and South America opens up soon because those are two of my favorite places to go and tour. So, yeah, that's they're still pretty tightly locked yeah. in there. I know yeah. I've, I've talked to quite a few bands from Canada that are like itching to, yeah. <laughs> to get out and play, <laughs> but hopefully sooner yeah. than later. And Kat, well, thank you so much for, hey, for taking so much time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I, I love talking to you. <laughs> I have one more question before you, before I let yeah. you go, if that's cool. Um, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. I suck at advice, but I think, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that in, in this world, it's really hard to not fall for like the programming that's taking place in like the media and like, especially social media uh, where um, everything is very disposable. People are doing things for the wrong reasons. And I'm generalizing here, not everybody, obviously, but, mm-hmm. um, but there's like this lack of like humanity, especially in music. And I feel like I'm personally like so bored with so much music that's coming out now. Like I, I want to be excited. I'm like music's biggest fan. And so I think like, if you're going to get into it, like try your best to not listen to any of that noise and what's expected. Like you know, who cares how long it takes till the chorus comes in and who cares how long the song is like, just write, write music, you know, like (laughs) make beautiful music. That's it. (laughs) 